Well, today is Vision Sunday, and as we are a uh, campus church of the Pentecostals of Sydney, and uh, because of that, our vision and our mission statement is the same as our main campus. So the vision statement of the Pentecostals of Central Coast is to be a family of apostolic Pentecostal believers who are reaching the world through the love, message, and power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are a collection, we are a family of believers who are striving together to reach the world through love, through the message and power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And our mission statement works in tandem with our vision statement. Our mission statement is our response as a church to the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. And so we've encapsulated that into three headings or three words, ready, set, and go. Try to make it as easy as possible. Uh, Chris would be able to remember this one, except I'm in a race on Saturday. I don't think he is. Did you get in? No. <laughs> but it's encapsulated in three words, ready, set, and go. Ready to lead people to salvation and ready them for heaven going. Set to establish people in discipleship through fellowship, teaching, and involvement, and then release them to go. Go, equip, and release disciples into service and disciple-making. So ready, set, go. Get people ready for heaven going. Set, establish through discipleship, fellowship, teaching, involvement, and then go. They would go and make disciples. They would go and start churches. They would go and be missionaries. Go into uh, the world to make disciples. Amen. So that's the vision statement. That's a mission statement of the Central Coast. And then our goals for 2024. I was thinking about this and praying about this. And um, because we are not yet, we have not yet reached one year, we're very uh, new, very young as a church, I felt like uh, it wouldn't be appropriate to set number goals. So this year we won't be setting any uh, numbered goals, uh, but more so uh, holistic goals or uh, uh, different types of goals. So the first goal for 2024 would be to have consistent attendance and growth. So at POCC, we want to have consistent attendance and growth as a church. We want to continue to see a similar crowd, but also grow as we get uh, new families and new people in the church. A second goal for 2024, and the reason we're sharing this is to is to um, make it more accountable. So it's something that you can reference as a member, as someone who attends this church. You can see that this is the direction that we're going. So the second goal is to develop leaders. We want to be a place where we're developing leaders, not just a one-man show, not just a one-woman show, uh, not the same people up every single week, but we want to develop leaders so then uh, they can fulfill what we talked about with ready, set, go. Go and be released to make disciples. The third thing we'd like to see in 2024 is we want to start another small group. We want to start another small group in Central Coast. I think that's like the big goal. That's the massive goal. Uh, so we meet here, and it's, it's fantastic. We've got a really good group, and, and we could probably break it up if we wanted to now. Um, but hopefully sometime later this year we'll be able to start another small group in another part of the Central Coast so it's not just coming to Narara all the time. 
Uh, the fourth goal is to have community involvement. We want to be involved in our community. We want to uh, make an impact in this area, not just gathering on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, but we want to have opportunities where we can make an impact in the community. And then the uh, final goal that, that we've listed here is that each one would reach one, that each one of us would reach someone else. So that come 2025, when you look around uh, the building, there's going to be somebody else that is there because of you, because you were the one that reached them. You were the one uh, that taught them a Bible study or brought them to church. So make it your goal in 2024 to teach a Bible study this year. This isn't the type of church where every Bible study has to be done by me. <laughs> There's very capable people here. And in fact, uh, Frida's already teaching a Bible study right now. Um, but we want to have uh, everyone involved in teaching Bible studies. So each one reach one in 2024. So those, those are the goals. So how are we going to meet those goals? So here are some strategies that uh, we've developed at POS and here at POCC as to how we can fulfill those goals. And, and um, we'll be getting into a message very shortly. But the first strategy is biblical evangelism. We want to have biblical evangelism. Every member actively involved in witnessing and sharing the gospel. So every single one of us actively talking to someone about Jesus, uh, giving, uh, having an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody else. Does that mean that you have to preach a sermon? No. But that means that you can talk to someone. You can have a godly conversation. You can uh, provide a window of opportunity to share God's love with somebody else. So every member actively involved in witnessing and sharing the gospel. Biblical discipleship. Every member actively involved in discipling someone, whether that's through fellowship, Bible studies, small group, or other ministries. So whether that's through uh, connecting with someone during the week, having a coffee with them, and helping them uh, develop a friendship and grow in relationship, or it's teaching a Bible study, or uh, coming to small group and being involved uh, during the week. We want to be involved in biblical discipleship. And then finally, we want, to be, we want to have biblical involvement. Every member to be released in active ministry. So we want everyone involved. Like I said, this, this doesn't have to be uh, a, a thing that's run by like five to ten people. But we want every single pe person involved in 2024 reaching out to somebody so that we can fulfill these goals. That's how we can have uh, consistent growth in, in attendance. That's how um, we could develop leaders because... Uh, the leaders are, are making it a priority to reach out to people and to teach Bible studies and so on and so forth. Uh, and I did want to mention also uh, along the line of developing leaders that we're going to trial uh, for the next few months that on the first Sunday of every month we're going to have a different person do a keynote message before uh, the preacher preaches. So we're rotating different people and giving people the opportunity uh, to grow in, in their ministry. So we want we want this place to grow, but we want you to grow. We want each one of us to be involved in growing as individuals within the body of Christ. Amen. So those are our goals for uh, 2024. Who's excited? Who's hot? <laughs> Who's hot and excited? <laughs> That's me. Amen. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Isaiah 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And we're just going to be reading three verses. 
starting at verse number five. The word of God says, do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. And so the theme for POCC this year is the same as the theme for POS, and it is for his glory, for his glory. Glory is an interesting word. It is one that can have multiple meanings depending on the context in which you use it. In fact, if you were to look at Merriam-Webster's dictionary, when glory is used as a noun, it has five different definitions. It can be used many different ways. It can mean anything from worshipful praise and honor and thanksgiving to great beauty and splendor. And it is no different for the Hebrew word, uh, which is uh, kanab. And it is translated to glory, honor, abundance, riches, dignity, reverence. The root word for the Hebrew word that we translate for glory literally means to be heavy or weighty. And so when we talk about glory in reference to God, what is it that we mean? Because there's all these different definitions. There's these different things that it might mean. And of course, when you're reading Scripture, when you read the word glory, it means different things when you're reading it. But when we're talking about the glory of God, what are we referencing? We're not necessarily talking about praise or worship, but we're talking about something that is deeper. And we get a glimpse of of what it means in Exodus chapter 33. In Exodus chapter 33, when Moses, he's going back and forth with the Lord in prayer. And he pleads that the Lord's presence would go with the children of Israel. He's, he's going back and forth with, with God. God's very upset with the children of Israel. If you read the previous chapters, you'll see why uh, they were behaving uh, incredibly wickedly. And, and the Lord has sort of like given up on them. And Moses is going back, with, back and forth with God, pleading with them that, they wouldn't, that he wouldn't leave them, that, that they would that God would continue to go with them as they're traveling through the wilderness. And, and he goes so far as to say that, that he didn't even want to continue the journey if God's presence wasn't going to go with them. And then Moses says this in verse 18. He says, I pray you, show me your glory. Show me your glory. See, Moses was already in the presence of God. So obviously he's not talking about just the presence of God. Because he is in the presence of God, and he's asking for something further, something deeper. He had a close relationship with God, and and they spoke together as you would with a friend. That's how close Moses' relationship was with the Lord. And yet, despite that, he is asking for something that is beyond the presence of God. He wanted to see his glory. He wanted to see the glory of God. And so the Lord, he responded to this earnest prayer of Moses by saying, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. Amen. I will make all my goodness pass before you. Isn't it amazing that when Moses asked to see the very essence of God, the glory of God, what he saw was goodness. It wasn't justice or righteousness or power, but goodness. You know, when we think about 
uh, somebody in control or somebody who is high up. We think about power. We think about wealth. But God, when in reference to His glory, He is talking about goodness. We serve a good God. We serve an amazing Savior. We serve a God of mercy and compassion. We serve a God of love. We serve a God of love. He is so good. He is so very good. And then the Lord, He says, you cannot uh, see My face, for no one can see Me and live. But My glory will pass by you, and I will cover you with My hand until I have passed by. Then I will take My hand away, and you shall see My back, but My face shall not be seen. You see, God's glory was so incredible that Moses was only permitted to see the back. He was only permitted to see the after effects. He wasn't able to see the face of God. He wasn't able to see from the front, but he had to see uh, the after effects of His glory. He wasn't able to behold the face. You see, God's glory is synonymous with God's face. When you see someone's face, it is their identity. It is who they are. When you see someone's face, you understand uh, who they are as an individual. They are uh, unique. They are different. But God has revealed His glory in other ways. It's not just in His face. It's not just in His presence, but He has revealed it in other ways. Psalm 19 verse 1 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. When Isaiah was called to be a prophet to the nations in chapter 6 of Isaiah, he saw a vision of the Lord, and the angels declared, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Amen. The whole earth is full of the glory of God. When you look into the heavens, when you look at His creation, creation declares the glory of the Lord. When you see a beautiful sunrise along the beach, when you gaze up into the night sky in the outback and you see the brilliance of the stars, it is declaring the glory of God. It is showing forth His glory here on the earth. Creation itself declares the glory of God. Hallelujah. But it is not just the heavens. It is not just creation that declares the glory of the Lord. But Isaiah told us in our text this evening that we were created for the glory of of God. Our lives are meant to bring glory to God. Our very lives, our very existence are meant to bring glory to the Lord. That's why the apostle Paul told the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. He said, "Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God." Do it all for the glory of God. When when we live our life according to the word of God, whatever we do reveals to the world it reveals to the world around us the glory of God. Whatever we do, if we are living according to His Word, it reveals His glory. Whether you are looking after a sick patient or you're driving a forklift in a warehouse, whether you are looking after your kids or you're helping out a neighbor, when you are doing this in relationship with God, you are showing forth His glory in this earth. We do it for His glory. We don't do it to receive praise from those that are around us, but we do it to bring honor. We do it to bring glory and praise to our God. Amen. Amen. To bring glory to His name. This year, like no other year, keep that in mind when you are at work, when you are going through the mundane tasks of life that Sam talked about so brilliantly last week. 
and you're going through the mundanity of life and you're going through all these different things that seem uh, to be pushing God out of the scene, remember that in the mundane, God can speak to you and you can show forth his glory in those mundane tasks. Throughout work, throughout relationships, you could show forth the glory of God. I am living for his glory, whether I'm at home with the kids, whether I'm at the shops, whether I am on the job, I am living for the glory of God every day, every move that I make. I am doing it for his glory. I want to see his glory shown in this earth through my life, through what I do. Hallelujah. Not so that I would receive it, but that he would be glorified, that he would be exalted in my life. Hallelujah. I want to declare the glory of God to those that are around me so that when they see me, when they interact with me, they see a glimpse of the God that loves them and cares for them. When they have an interaction with me, they see that there is something deeper. There must be something different about that person because I had an interaction with something that I don't normally experience. Why? Because I made the effort to show forth the glory of God in my life. Hallelujah. You see, Moses, he wasn't allowed to see the Lord in all of his glory. But little did he know that centuries later, there would be a man that would walk on the earth of whom it was said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For God who said light shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You see, Jesus, he is the embodiment of the glory of God. For 33 years, the glory of God walked the earth and we saw, we saw his goodness in action. That goodness that Moses saw all those years ago, we saw it in action every day in his interaction with others, in his teachings, in what he did, and how he showed forth his love to those that are around him. His saving name was declared for all the world to see. He showed mercy and he showed compassion to those who he interacted with. His glory was revealed in the man, Jesus Christ, the glory of God in flesh. You see, if you want to see the essence of God, if you want to see His glory, then look at the life of Christ. Look at what He did. Look how He taught. Look how He interacted. Look what He would do. And that is a glimpse of the glory of God. There's an interesting passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You see, we don't just have to be those who behold the glory of God see the glory of God, but we can be partakers of His glory. We can experience it in our own lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the, the Apostle Paul, he's talking about Moses' experience on the mountain. This, this mountain experience that we just talked about in Exodus 33, Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And he says, how much more have we been given who are filled with the Spirit. He's saying Moses had this great interaction with God, but we have been given so much more. Those of us who have been filled with His Spirit, how much more have we been given? Listen to this in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, 
as being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. I know many of you probably grasped that, but if you want to break it down a little bit more, this is it in the New Living Translation in a little bit more modern English. It says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and we can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Hallelujah. You see, we don't have to look at His back like Moses did. We don't have to look at the after effects of His glory, but those of us who have been filled with His Spirit, we are able to reflect His glory. We are able to reflect His glory to this world. You can compare it to something like the moon and the sun, the relationship between the moon and the sun. The moon reflects the light from the sun. We are able to reflect the glory of the Lord. But we actually don't even have to settle just for that. You don't have to stop at just reflecting the glory of God in your life. But you can go even deeper if you so desire. We can allow ourselves to be changed, to become more and more like His glorious image. If we allow the Spirit to do its work in our life, we can become more and more like Him. If we submit ourselves to God, we can allow the Spirit to work in us and through us. And then the people that are around us can start seeing the glory of God through our life as we are living for His glory, as we are living a life following after the Lord. If I pl could please get Steph to come. I'll finish with this passage found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. You see, Paul, he's continuing his thought in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Remember when this letter was written to the church in Corinth, there, there weren't verse markings. There weren't chapters that were separating uh, the letter, but, but this was all written as one letter from Paul to the church in Corinth. And, and yes, uh, sometimes when they were making the scriptures easier for us to digest with the verses in the chapter break, sometimes they actually broke up a thought that the author was laying out in, in the letter. And, and this is one such instance where that is taking place with this chapter break. You see, Paul, he continues to talk about the glory of God in relation to the church. And then he writes this in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, in ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine of the darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now listen to this. But we have this treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. What is that treasure that Paul is talking about? He is talking about the Spirit of God. We have that treasure in earthen vessels. We have the glory of the Lord dwelling inside of us. Those who have been filled with the Spirit, we are partakers of the glory of God. We are carriers of His glory. We are carriers of the glory 
of God. Everything that we do, everywhere that we go, the conversations that we have, not only is it for His glory, but we are able to carry His glory to those that are around us so that they can experience Christ through you. They can experience the Spirit of God through your life, through your love, through your compassion. Hallelujah. If you could be upstanding. Thank you for your attention here tonight. It is for His glory. We live to bring glory to Him. We live to bring glory to the Lord. Let that be our theme for this year. That everything we do at POCC, it is for His glory. That when we go to work, we remember that this isn't just a job, but this is an opportunity for me to display His glory to those who have not interacted with Him. When we go to the shops, let it not just be another just run to the shop, but let it be an opportunity to show God's love to somebody else. To look for windows of opportunity to bless somebody, to speak love, to speak hope in a world full of hopelessness. What does it mean to live your life for the glory of God? What it means is understanding that each day I'm holding myself accountable, that I'm going to do something today. It may not be something huge. It may not be something grand. Maybe it's just a prayer that you pray. Maybe it's just a hand that you shake. Maybe it's just a smile that you give. But every day you're looking for an opportunity to show the glory of God to somebody else that is around you. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for this theme that you have given our pastor, Lord, this vision that you have given us for this year. I pray, God, as we commit it into your hands, as we commit this year into your hands, Lord, that you would use each and every one of us, that we would all be involved in seeing the vision fulfilled, not only in our life, not only in, in our family, but in the community that surrounds us, in the relationships that we have, that we would see your vision fulfilled in our life and in this city. I pray, Lord, that you would use each and every one of us each and every one of us to be a carrier of the glory of God. Lord, that we would not take any interaction for granted, oh God, but Lord, that you would use us to love those that are around us, that you would use us to share your goodness, to share your love, to share your mercy, your hope to those who need hope, to those who need mercy, to those that feel like they do not have grace. I pray, Lord, that you would use each and every one of us. Have your hand on us, Lord. As we dedicate our lives to you, as we dedicate this year to you, I pray that you would use this church, that you would use this gathering of believers, these apostolic Pentecostals, that you would use us for your glory where we have been planted, for your glory in this place at this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If that's your prayer this evening, I, I want to encourage you to spend some time alone. Think about what you can do this year. Think about something that you can do where you can be a person that is living for His glory. Not for your own, not for wealth, not for a house, not for fame, not for anything like that. But we are living for 
His glory. Let's spend some time with the Lord in prayer this evening. Feel free to pray with others if you are inspired to do so. But let's spend some time committing our lives to the Lord in prayer tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus.